episode 19, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me today is your co-host, John. How are you today, John? I am awesome. Everything is awesome. Is that right? I'm pretty good. I DJed last night. Oh, really? How was that? Yeah. I didn't know you DJed. It's pretty fun. Like live? Yeah. I DJ. Uh, I used to DJ when I was working at DigitalOcean. I DJed every really? um, Saturday night at a uh french bar in manhattan um wow and then um when i was starting stay it was too hard to like build the company and dj at the beginning Mm -hmm. but now that the company's Mm -hmm. a little more stable i have a little bit more room to think about one other thing other than my company uh, and our podcast (laughs) and so uh yeah so there's this bar across the street which is actually where we're doing the meetup um called blind barber and mm-hmm. I know the owner and I was just like, Hey dude, um, your place is always dead on Saturday nights. So you should let me DJ and then, um, it won't be as dead on Saturday nights cause my friends will come and stuff. Well, it was packed nice. and it was awesome and I had a great time. So how are you? Sweet. Was it the first one there? Yeah, it was my first one there. It went really well. Awesome. Well, I'm good. Uh, you started my new job on Friday and the weather was good. It's actually really hot here. It's a heat wave this week. It's yes, like the one week of summer. I'm really worried about global warming. Really? I'm super worried about it. Actually, me too. I'll tell you why. Because I went to the mountains in France, and there's this place uh, called Chamonix, where uh, Mont Blanc is, and they have like five glaciers there that you can see from like one mountain, and basically all of them are gone. So that's that was quite humbling. The thing that really bothers me is like climate change deniers have changed into this like very odd kind of like mutant climate change denier where they're like, oh, yeah, (laughs) definitely climate change is real. And like, you know, global warming is real, but it's always been this hot in the summers and it's always been like this. And it was like this when we were a kid. And it's like, "Mm, it's it's getting Hmm. gradually noticeably warmer and like more humid and like it's like when i moved to new york i remember distinctly the humidity in the city because it was so intense it was different from from toronto which is a much drier heat and this year like i'll walk i walk to the office like like go to union's union square and then i walk up to grand central our office is in grand central station or attached to grand central station and um and i'm like it's like i've walked through a sauna like it's it's insane so i don't know i just think may like maybe it is not as no i don't care i really am worried about it i do (laughs) think it's as bad as we as we think as it's worse than we think it is definitely i mean even just seeing these glaciers like wow and that's our podcast for the week uh and on that note let's talk about something just as scary maybe uber self-driving cars hit the road this month their own self-driving cars pretty crazy actually it's not just self-driving cars well they didn't though no it's self-driving taxis yes that's correct it's and it's a volvo car right so it's so i don't know why they're everyone thinks this is a surprise they announced like a year and a half ago or they started working with uber or volvo a year and a half ago volvo's yeah. had a self-driving car research team for almost two and a half years now like it's pretty you obvious know, that this is what's happening this is why i started my whole company like it's pretty obvious that this right. is what's going on right you know this just reminds me of that video i don't know if you saw it on youtube of the volvo like ceo being like oh yeah a self-driving car will like stop and then it hits him <laughs> the the live demo it like runs straight into him i do remember that it's just so perfect it's that happened to them twice oh really yeah they did a they did the first time they ever demoed their like adaptive cruise control that like um uh won't let you hit pedestrians and stuff like that it came flying out of like a hangar and then it was like going towards a wall and then it just hit the wall (laughs) that's awesome oh it actually hit a journalist that's even better oh man so this uber thing is crazy though right so they're putting 
self-driving taxis on the road at the end of the month in Pittsburgh. A hundred. They're matching them with real people. A one hundred, which is a lot. They're matching mm-hmm. them with real people at random, and those rides will be free, which is really interesting. Because if you read the Bloomberg piece, they're kind of saying, well, you know, self-driving is always going to be cheaper than, you know, a human-driven taxi. And eventually they expect it to be so cheap that you could hire it to take you somewhere rural and it would be cheaper than any other alternative. And I was just like, at that point, pretty cool. Yeah, And it's all happening at once. Yeah, I just didn't expect it to be quite so soon. No. It's, it's, it's like, everything's like, everything's happening relatively quickly right now. Well, here's the thing. The, it's things start happening quickly in the consumer markets when the technology becomes evolved to the point that it's understood and can just be very rapidly and incrementally, um, um, uh, approved upon. So, uh, what we're seeing now is that there are, there are four or five fundamental uh, core technologies that are mature enough to be able to support incremental upgrade in market, um, car, I mean, Mm -hmm. literally the car as a, as a fundamental core technology has gotten to the point where like, I remember when I was, I was speaking to my friend about this the other day and, um, we were talking about, and he said, well, the car hasn't gotten that much better. And I'm like. Are you kidding me? When I learned to drive 15 years ago, 16 years ago, the cruise control barely worked. Yeah. <laughs> like cars have gotten way better. Matter. Yeah. So That's I don't know why anyone like this 15 years into the future, cruise control has gotten really, really good. Now it's Tesla's cruise control isn't cruise control, it's autopilot. But like if you had have asked me 15 years ago, in 15 years, will we have autopilot? Of course we will. Right, like there's no reason yeah. not to do that. Technology moves forward, time moves forward. So I like, I don't know. I I personally get out, like I just it's not none of this is surprising to me, and not <laughs> I think that the next thing that we have to worry about also is the self driving trucks because that's a like socioeconomically this is a absolute mess. It's a nightmare. So Uber acquired the company that made the self driving trucks as part of this whole announcement, right? Yeah. So they're not Auto. just they're not just a cab company anymore they're an infrastructure company right correct at that point yeah they, i mean they're the making trans- everything the transportation logistics so this is maybe slight slightly divergent from that but is i wonder how far ahead google is of uh, compared to uber because i read an interesting piece on uh, business insider which was saying it was like an interview of travis and it was basically saying that like his nightmare is that Google beats them to it. And I feel like Uber started a lot later than Google did, but Google's building a whole car, right? So is this whole like equipping other cars with self-driving car technology better than building your own car? Because surely only one company wins really with this, right? So I think the advantage that uber has is that it has consumer market penetration already in a very tangential but completely non-tangential space right so like in my head it wasn't it's not particularly difficult to put taxis and self-driving cars next to them to each other some people can't make that logical connection right that Mm -hmm. you would have a taxi and a self-driving car well you would have self-driving taxis, right? It's more logical but, than um, personal self-driving cars, right? At that point, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, what Uber has done is they've done they've truly like if you look at the Christian Claytonson literal definition of uh, of disruption, it's like it has to stop start bottom up. It has to start by the way that you completely disrupt a, um, an industry or a market is by cha- fundamentally changing how everybody does something, um, and and that's kind of the problem with being. Google, Apple, Facebook, and stuff like that now is that they're very established as these companies that we see them as. Right. And so to get into these consumer markets and get them, get us thinking about them in other ways is actually quite a difficult thing to do because your, your, your messaging is all different for different things and you're trying to create this consistent brand. Like it's just, it's just hard to do that stuff, right? Whereas you look Mm -hmm. at Uber it's a taxi. Like we know what Uber is. We can understand what Uber is. Everybody can grasp the concept of Uber and everybody can grasp the concept of, Oh, the Uber now is safe. Like I see 
people say it's not safe, whatever. It, it only takes a month of them seeing it drive around the city for them to be yeah. like, it's fine. I don't, yeah, like, as I'm soon okay as it's normal, now. it's normal, right? It's very... It's normal, exactly. Quick. And it happens overnight, right? It's just like, all right, it's normal now. So what if Google came to market with... This is just thinking crazily, right? So they have that... Well, so Google's doing it a different way. They're trying to rebuild cities. So they want to yeah. take whole sidewalk city labs. infrastructure. Yeah, sidewalk labs, intersection. They're my competition. <laughs> right. So, but what if they, you know, this is theoretically speaking, they have that cutesy self-driving car, right? The one with no steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And they've racked up, what, thousands of miles now, probably hundreds of thousands of miles on that thing. What if they shipped it as part of, you know, a feature in iOS or Android, like built into the OS, you can order cars for dirt cheap. They could probably cannibalize Uber, right? Well, they're better just buy Uber. They're better just to buy Uber. Well, I mean, they have a huge stake in Uber, right? Yeah, I mean, that that's the most obvious acquisition of in the next five years is like Uber will be bought by Google. Interesting. Or Apple will try and outbid them. Since they're also building a car, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like dumb. Travis would rather hang out with Larry and uh, and uh, Sergey and those guys than he Tim would. Cook. Uh, Tim Cook. Tim yeah. Cook and Johnny Ive. <laughs> I mean, you got to think about it. It's like who are you going to spend the rest of your career hanging out with, too, right? Like, it's not a, just a simple case of getting rich. Like, you're getting rich anyway. So now True. you can just pick who you want to get rich with. So do you think the long play with Uber is they will get acquired by somebody? Like, do you imagine Uber going public first? Or, I mean, that's maybe Mm. that's a bit hard to predict, but I feel like they'll get acquired. But I just don't know who would do it. I don't know what Uber's... I mean, it's... Okay. Aren't they valued at like 30 billion right now? Yeah. Damn, I'm good at guessing. that's 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 a lot of money still. I mean, sure. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I guess it makes sense. Google has it. <laughs> Google Cash on hand. Hey, so Apple has two hundred sixty billion, right? Yeah. So that's like a drop in the bucket for them. But how much cash does Google have on hand? Whoa! Oh, Google only has sixty billion cash on hand. Oh, that's plenty. So they'd spend half of their cash, but. <laughs> but they would have a whole new business channel. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> The other thing you would maybe do is wait for them to IPO and then and then like sit in the market for a little while and then get buy them at like a depressed stock price. But I would just if I, I don't know, Google should just buy Uber. Like it just makes so much sense. Anyway, whatever. One of the best. Yeah, I, so like- I'm really. Here's two things I'm super worried about, and I'd like to hear what you think about them. So everyone now just type into your browser Uber subprime car lease. So oh, yeah. Uber's yeah. So how's that going to pan out? that not good it sounds like they're gonna like basically bankrupt all their drivers in the near future is this is what you're talking about right these horrible horrible mm-hmm. car leases they've been giving to people that can't mm-hmm. afford car leases mm-hmm. yeah and then these what people, happens to those people yeah well they run you're out of money five-year fixed term you're in a five-year fixed term for a car that like you can't afford you and then and then your and then your master you're like your boss comes in and 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 um, replaces you with a self-driving car, and you owe them money. <laughs> so, what happens in that case? Uber defaults on the loan. Well, they default on the loan to Uber. I guess that's pretty. I, I have Uber to say, that's a pretty them. embarrassing thing for them to be doing. It's crazy. I've read about how they're just handing them out like candy, and then the um, what ends up happening is these people get like a you know Mercedes or a BMW. And then Uber cuts the fare prices by half in that city, and they still have to pay off that car. Mm-hmm. It's 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 seriously crazy. But if you think about it, right? Like if you're if you just are a very ruthless business person, and if I was a re- very ruthless right. business person, and I was in the right. shoes of having a company like Uber, I would say three things. I would say. In the future, I want to have peer-to-peer self-driving um, transit and own all uh, abstract, yeah. like abstracted, like uh, algorithmic transit in the future. Okay. Second thing, I need to build a brand. Third thing, um, <laughs> I need to have consumers uh, and 
and I think I'd probably think about which market I wanted to be into. In. And then you would start Trucks. building Uber. <laughs> you would start building yeah. Uber, and then you would go, okay, now that I've built up a demand, I've taught people what Uber is and that it's like a good service and it's better than taxis. And I've managed to take on a bunch of venture funding so I can now, you know, run everything at a loss, but it doesn't matter because I can undercut the whole taxi industry and disrupt it. Then you say, Mm -hmm. okay, now I've got a huge amount of demand and no supply. So I need more drivers. Okay. Find all the people that are either unemployed because the unemployed and because because they're unemployed. Well, unemployed because they, and they probably have a bad like credit score and stuff because they're unemployed. Right, right. Give them, give them a free car though that they're liable for. So now I have to, now I have supply for my demand and then continue to build my brand and then get rid of my, um, operating expenses, uh, so that I have healthier margins means getting rid of all the drivers. So like, I mean, that's just how I would think about it if I was looking at it completely logically as like a business person, right? Step one, step two, step three, step if four. there was no okay. humans in the equation. Seven yeah. year execution. Yeah. And then you would have a beautiful business. You'd have a very, really nice margins, like really great business. But also you're a bleep of bleep, bleep, bleep. Good. Douche, douche, douche. <laughs> and That's really, so I'm like, yeah. I'm sitting, so I was sitting, I've actually stopped taking Ubers a lot and just started taking yellow cabs right. now because I actually feel like the yellow cab drivers actually need to be supported. Right, and, right. Um, interesting. And I was sitting in a, a yellow cab and I always talk to the cab drivers because I'm super fascinated. I just say, what's the word? What are you thinking about? What's going on? What are you hearing in the world? And um, in New York, they have a, another rideshare company called uh, get G E T T. And they're like, got banners all over New York now offering, you know, cause Uber has their food delivery and oh, I don't know. It's just so, oh, so craziness. There's all this vertical. I'm so happy. I'm not in that space. It sounds like a crazy town. But anyway, I said to the taxi driver, yo, what, what do you think is get thing? And he was like, Oh, it's all, they're all the same. Um, it's all the same BS. And I was like, Oh, okay. And he said, I drove Uber for two years and I stopped and came back to yellow cabs. And I said, okay. And he said, it's a scam. Yeah. He said, it's a scam. Wow. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it's a complete scam. He said, he, and then he went through and taught the whole math through to me. And he, and he said, so I have no reason to lie to you. You asked me, Yeah. you asked me what I think about this. So I'm telling you at the end of the day, without fail, and this is why I'm back driving yellow cabs, I made $9,000 a year. Wait, in yellow cabs or Uber? In Uber. 9000 Yes. Is that, that must be after all the expenses and the loan and all that mm-hmm. shit, right? That's mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah. Wow. So they're really just and I said, slave driving almost. And I said, how does that, how are other Uber drivers not realizing this? And he said, they get their paychecks, they're not doing the math, and then at the end of the year, they're like, why am I still broke? <laughs> yeah, well, they don't... When Uber sells it to you, they don't tell you that you're paying for everything yourself, really, right? Like, it's it's kind of obfuscated how much it's actually costing you your on-road yeah, costs like, and your gas. After car that. washes, after gas, after maintenance, after getting your wheels rotated. Getting the smell after out of the car. People after throwing up in your there. car. Yep, exactly. And you've got no protection, unlike probably with the yellow cab company. They do everything because it's yep. unionized. You pick it up, you drive your shift, and you go home. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I guess that's like, but Uber sees that as a stopgap, right? Because eventually, I kind of wrote, I wrote this in my newsletter today, like, they want to be the McDonald's of cabs, right? Like you can order it reliably. It's not the nicest thing in the world, but it shows up on time without fuss and it works and it's cheap. Like they are just fast food of infrastructure. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's a, but the, the phase we have now is that we're very in between then. And they know that. So I actually worry less <laughs> about the Uber drivers and more about the truck drivers. Cause I think, that's, well, that's a bigger industry. If for America, it is certainly. I mean, it's 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 the vast majority of the workforce in the U.S. Um, wow, it's the it's the average the average job in the U.S. The median job is is a truck driver. Um, uh, you put, it's like sixty percent. I think we've talked about it before, but I'll if you can put the link in the show notes to the article um, about it's a mm-hmm. basic income thing, but uh, it's about it's the math on how self driving trucks are going to mess things up. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, these are I real things, the and they're happening really quickly. Um, uh, Massachusetts yesterday. Well, the self-driving cars are heading the road. Yeah, like it's this is, and the problem is, most like just regular folks are not getting involved in the conversation, which means that politicians are left mm-hmm. to make these decisions about the the stuff themselves. Like I don't think people are going down to their local constituency office for their congressman or their or congresswoman or their um or their. Uh, you know, senator or even whatever they're whatever whatever you yeah. are, and saying, "Hey, what are you thinking about this stuff? Like, what are you doing for us? What are we going to do about our local economy? Like, how are right. we going to protect ourselves from this stuff?" So, because I think people aren't really, they're just like, "Oh yeah, self-driving cars are coming, cool." Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's well, it's not something that affects them in their daily lives. They don't see what it does. I right. Guess. So what we have is a widening of the. Um, a widening of income disparity, a continuation of extraction of wealth from the um, lower percentage of society, right, and right. and and the and a and a lessening job market. Like, and and I've said it a million times on this podcast. Janet Yellen, chairman of the Fed, every single congressional hearing says, "Look, I know the economy's slow. I know we're not getting the recovery we thought we were going to get. I know all these things are happening. I listen to the and I know all these economic in- indicators look bad, but." Employment, sir, employment is posting well. So we think yeah. that the economy is safe because of employment. And I'm just like, you've been saying this for it a year and a half way, now, right? and you're going to say it for another year and a half. But in a year and a half, employment isn't going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. It's a slow burner. So what, what happened in Massachusetts? Uh, they passed a regulation. They passed law saying that um, Uber has to do uh, pay a, le- a levy tax that they're going to pay back to taxi drivers five cents oh really wow so I'm, but is that, I'm, some of that goes to the city right i i well this only got announced on friday and i have uh, i okay. just have started to dive into it obviously it's very relevant to my line of work because our product is built to deal with this stuff like that's what we do is deal with software and, and cities and technology and cities and help them i mean our company's mm-hmm, called mm-hmm. symbiotic technology and ecology so you know, I, yeah. I have not really dived into it yet because actually, frankly, someone just told me this morning over coffee. They were like, by the way, your company's <laughs> super relevant now, huh? And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, well, they just passed this law in Massachusetts. And I was like, what? So that's my, that'll, that will be my afternoon is figuring out what to do about it. But yeah. Nice. yeah. So like, but these are, these are, these are real things that are going on. And, and I don't know what, I don't know how to help. Other than just keep talking about it, but I'm just one person and you're just one person and there, but there's not very many of us talking about it. I don't think people are talking about it in their communities. I don't think people are talking about it amongst their friends. Cause I think in some, right. It's probably a weird thing to bring up. Like, Hey, what do you think about, Hey, like person I work with, what do you think about what's going to happen to taxi drivers <laughs> and self-driving cars coming stuff? Like, yeah, most people are like, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Sounds like a thing. Another bad thing. Well, that wasn't really a bad thing. It was just something. Yeah. Anyway, another thing happened this week. It's just Gorka got acquired. It's just okay. a thing. Gorka got acquired officially, and Gorka.com is dead. Ding dong, the Actually? witch is dead, I guess. Yeah, they're killing it. It's crazy. Yeah, so, Peter, Univision. Peter Thiel got his way, huh? Peter, yeah, Peter Thiel won. He, he killed the company, and it's kind of a question of now does this keep happening? Is this the new normal? Or what? It's it's quite an interesting precedent, right? He basically funded Hulk Hogan's case to kill them. Gorka had to sell to save itself from bankruptcy, but Gorka.com couldn't find a buyer, and Nick Denton isn't allowed to run it, so it's over. That's it. It's done. So he got his way. So what happens if the New York Times does something that somebody doesn't like? Well, I don't know. The Washington Post is safe because Jeff Bezos owns it. Yeah, yeah, it's bankrolled. I guess enough people like the New York Times, though. Maybe it was partially that that Gorka didn't have that many friends left. Yeah, like it would be. It. There, I don't think anyone really was like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to stick my neck out and like put hundreds of millions of dollars into saving Gawker." Like hundreds of millions of dollars, I certainly wouldn't be using it to save Gawker. Right. Whereas a New York Times, for example, would be like a more noble. You know, it's got history. At least I live in New York. If the New York Times went away, I'd be really pissed off. Exactly, it's an institution. So, what do you what do you think about Gawker? Like, what do you think about Gawker Media? What do you think about their whole empire? What do you think, think about it, Nick Denton? I don't. You know media. I don't know anything about this world. Look, I, Gawker is a weird 
thing. I think that some of the things that they've done have been really good. They've uncovered a lot of, you know, a lot of problems in the tech industry even, but I'm not sure that the way they went about it was right a lot of the time. It was really positioned as a gossip rag this entire time. And if you look at Gizmodo and like other sites that still stick around, Lifehacker is pretty cool, but uh, Valley Wag was, you know, the bane of San Francisco for a long time. But I think also that's because San Francisco lights, well, all the tech industry in general likes to set a narrative, right? It's so, it's such a thing. Uh, there was a great post on uh, Neiman Lab this week about how the technology industry is really good at setting its own image. And I think that Gorka was trying to chip away at that and a lot of other stuff. But I think there's a line, right? So the way that the New York Times and Wall Street Journal do it is a very like, I was going to say a polite way, but it's more like they try to be impartial, right? Gorka was just kind of like, ah, words, we found a thing. Let's make a lot of people mad. And I think that's people... It's like it's like if BuzzFeed's clickbait was sued. Yeah. yeah, if you could just sue BuzzFeed's clickbait, people would be like, "You deserve it." Even though Gorka did great stuff, I think it's the tone that they went with meant that people people had a certain attitude towards it. I mean, that's the difference between journalism and and I guess tabloids. Yeah, and I think they straddled straddled that line too too close. And it was the the amazing thing about Gorka was that it was independent, right? They were self uh bankrolled they had some investors but like it wasn't owned by a media con- conglomerate which is you know pretty rare these days it's just kind of a shame that it got managed to get squished because of that as well i i don't know did nick denton lose all his personal worth you know yeah so he well the peter Thiel is going after him now as well personally so they're trying to hold him personally liable for all the money that they won't get from gorka so it sounds like it, but he apparently has ways to get out of it. So, you know, this I think there's always a way, but it's it sucks that it became so personal. Like, I think that... Yeah, leave him alone now. Yeah, it's enough that enough. Laughing, he fucking ruined his business and his life. Yeah, so just exactly. Leave him and like the people that laugh at Gorka for having had this happen to them, I think it's cruel. And I don't think that, you know, I think that I understand Peter Thiel being upset at what happened. You know, the fact that they outed him in such a way was pretty horrible actually but i think that they've done a lot of they did a lot of shitty things but still damage but the health like i don't think that crushing 135 million dollars worth of company is worth that i don't know you know he got his way right gawker.com is no longer resolvable so now you got your way yeah it doesn't resolve it's done so just now like why i walk away also i really i really hope that it because I actually hold a lot of respect for Peter Thiel and that mm-hmm. I think that he's a, a good philosopher and a smart thinker. But if I then learn that he's like actually a spiteful person and like, which he already has been spiteful, spite is a, is, is, is complexly tied to, to like hate yeah. and, and bad. And like, I don't like that in people. So I don't want to lose respect for Peter Thiel to the degree that he doesn't just ruin someone's business, which fine okay you you you, i'll just excuse that in this instance you know maybe but don't ruin the guy's life frustrating thing was he took to the new york times to to defend his moves as like defending privacy and stuff and it was kind of bizarre that he was suddenly trying to say that he's fighting for individual privacy and that kind of thing when you know that's only a privilege afforded to the mega rich like him it's just it's just kind of a phenomenal case. I'll put the links in there and people can decide for themselves, but we'd love to, like, I would, I would love to talk about it in the Slack channel actually, because I think it's a pretty interesting topic, but yeah. Anyway. So I'm just looking at Trello. (laughs) (laughs) Did you also, Oh, oh, I was going to bundle this in actually. Did you see that nobody wants to buy Lyft? Well, I did see that. Um, so I guess, but then, I mean, they were also asking for $9 billion. <laughs> That's a lot of money. So, you know, this is, this is, oh God. I was just talking to my friend David Bird about this this morning. It's like, because we were talking about my company. Yeah. He's like, John, what would you rather do? Raise $3 million and then sell your company for, um, you know, $80 million and pocket, you know, 15 or $20 million personally or raise 
50 million dollars sell your company and then put like have a bunch of investors who are all greedy and have different interests are going to require you to to push the company as hard as you can to get it to like a two billion dollar valuation which is this huge company that you then have to build for a considerably longer amount of time and then deal with selling that and all the complexity only to maybe make the same amount of money to your bank account and i was like yeah i know david so like yeah i mean you have a nine billion dollar company on your hands. No, you have a nine billion dollar like piece of potential on your hands. But like, yeah, this this like building building not it's real things in the industry. Like, right? It's awful. Yeah, they have. I think they read that they have one point five billion on hand, but they're burning through it like crazy because yeah, they have to pay drivers and they have to outprice Uber and all that kind of thing. So it's pretty. It's pretty full on, actually. So. Oh gosh, it's good. the car industry is going to be fascinating because so Ford just came out with a thing the other day saying that they're hoping to have self-driving cars by 2022, and I'm like, wow, wait a second, that's late, right? It's like years too late. Yeah, everybody else would have beaten them by then. <laughs> yeah, like so I don't know. The car industry is so weird right now. So I guess my my point on that was that it w- they were trying to sell Lyft to GM. So you'd have Volvo basically with Uber, Volvo Uber, and then whoever Uber's suitor is or whatever if they go pair up with Apple or if they pair up with Google or if they whatever happens there. And then you might have like Lyft, GM, and someone else, and that might be you know the the competitive side of that or whatever. And then you've got Ford, who's like, yeah, hopefully in a couple of years we might be able to, you know, get our cruise control fixed so that we can have self-driving cars. <laughs> and they're trying to make a startup lab to make themselves cool and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> really fascinating. Well, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot more. So quickly, Apple Watch. Did you see that they're trying to make it uh, have its own cell connection? <laughs> yes. And it's apparently been delayed because of the laws of physics slash battery life. Do you want to watch with a cell phone, cell connection in it? No, absolutely not. I don't. It's I don't yeah. understand who wants that. And then I have to like go to Verizon want, or T-Mobile or something and get a, another thing. I want to watch that will either connect to my laptop with its wi- laptop's Wi-Fi or my phone with its phone connection or my phone's Wi-Fi. Yeah, or any, or yeah. even even if it could even just connect to open Wi-Fi would be fine, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it doesn't need a cell connection. Well, you know that the Apple Watch can, uh, if you have um, what's it called, iCloud keychain turned on, it actually connects to Wi-Fi that your iPhone goes on. It's awesome. It works. So I don't really understand why the cell. I just don't understand it. it doesn't make any sense. But I am stoked to see they're putting GPS in. Anyway, you know, though, if you were just like, let's set a super audacious goal and like and someone just said, let's spend a lot of money to try and, you know, not change anything about the price or the form factor or anything and put a cell connection in it. That would help other aspects of Google's or of uh, Apple stuff, too. Like, you know, I'm sure it would be nice for their phones if, if like, you know, like, sure, there's innovation to be had. So maybe it's an interesting concept, but like, eh, I don't know why they're bothering, really. Not not to delay the whole yeah. phone over or watch. I mean, I wonder if they're being pushed by the cell networks. I don't know. I just don't see the utility of it. I more just want GPS so I can track runs without having my iPhone strapped to my arm. That's all I want. Yep. I don't care if like, Me too. I like the form factor. Maybe a little bit thinner would be fine. But other than that, I don't really care. It's nice. Actually, the I big really thing like for me Apple is Watch. that always on screen. I still don't understand why they can't do that. Android has it. It just doesn't make Battery any sense. Life. OLED, no, but OLED, like having a you know a really low frequency updating only every minute white screen on an OLED screen is like so unimpactful on battery life. It just doesn't make any sense that they haven't done it because I hate that when I hold my wrist away from myself, it's just black. I don't know. I want them to do it. Android Wear has it, and it's fine. So. Maybe there's the Android Wear's um, touchscreen as good as Apple's touchscreen. Not quite as good, but it's the same. It's the same tech, you know, OLED display or AMOLED uh, multi-touch. So it's it's theoretically possible. I had the Moto 360 and it did it. AMOLED. I don't. That's cool. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I, I assume that they're holding it back artificially so that you have to upgrade to the next version, but. I'll probably buy it. How are you still long on the Apple Watch? 
<laughs> well, I'm long on a device that we wear. I don't know if it'll be called the Apple Watch. Like, I mean, uh, sorry. Yeah, a de- uh, yeah, a device that we wear. Well, would Apple. you buy the Gen 2 Apple Watch? Yeah. There you go. That's that's basically adequate answer for me. I think I I think I would too. I'm kind of obsessed with the straps. I only really want. I don't, oh, I really like the Apple Watch. The only thing I would ask for is it's just a little bulky. Um, but everything else it is, about it's it is hefty. Is, it just needs a little bit less bulky. heft on top. And I also it's actually still deceiving. have like considerably too much work to figure out how to change all the notification settings on everything. Like and I, I don't know understand. Like so when much. you when you create when you you know when you install a new app right on your iPhone and it asks you do you want to give permissions to this app why can't you just untick a thing below it that says not on Apple Watch like the fact that you have to like then go into your settings and uh, find yeah. it like every single app automatically gets notification settings on your watch oh, it's, it's crazy drives me nuts and then you're like I and then really... you're in the middle of the day and you get this notification like two dots. Wants your your attention, <laughs> and you're like, yep. "Yep, Jelly, someone's posted a new thing on Jelly." Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's it just drives me crazy. So here we are. We're like, we love our Apple watches, blah blah blah. blah. But gosh, they're so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's always problems, right? Like, there's always something that you want fixed. But I guess we'll see on September. 7th. I will say this, like. I've gotten so used to wearing my Apple Watch now that if I don't have it on, I regularly miss phone calls and meetings. I miss phone calls all the time when I'm not wearing it because I answer them on my wrist all the time, yep. which is ridiculous and awesome all at once. So <laughs> You do? Yeah, because um, oh, you're such a loser. I'm a I loser because I actually answer it on my bike with my Apple Watch. Oh. And often... Does it sound like this? Well, no, the, the, the noise cancelling is amazing. <laughs> the noise cancelling is amazing. It actually sounds really nice. And uh, the other thing is if I answer on my watch and I'm wearing headphones, I don't have to pull out my phone to oh, answer, yeah. like, of course. So that's pretty cool. Because I ride my bike all the time. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Now you know. You know what Matt Van Moofit, is it? What's Van, it, your Van bike Moof? company called? Van Moof. They need to make a thing that... Um, I can take the strap off my Apple Watch, right? And just I'm left with the, the <laughs> connector ends, yeah, yeah. and then I can slick slip slip it into the bike. Hey, that would actually be pretty cool. But then you you're making a whole bike for yeah, in the handle. Apple Watch owners. <laughs> well, it could be it could just be an attachment to the bike. Yeah, yeah, like it just strap it, it on and it knows. That's pretty cool. But yeah, it's easier if you just have yeah. Bluetooth if this doesn't exist. Free startup idea. Boom! There you go. Well, we're making smarter, smart Apple bikes, watch for bike. but anyway, <laughs> yeah. so one or two other things, I forgot what they were. There's this whole crazy story about, so in New York, they're rolling out free Wi-Fi everywhere, right? Like 7,000 or 10,000 hotspots, which is crazy. Old phone booths or something. Mm-hmm. And apparently people mm-hmm. are so hesitant to use it that they've hired people to tell people how to use the Wi-Fi. Is it true? Have you seen these people? Yes. I but I've said this on the podcast before. I have huge issues with Google's like what is a Google taking thing? over New York. Yeah, it's owned by Alphabet. What the free Wi-Fi link link in NYC or whatever it is. Yes. Oh, and I've mentioned this a million times on the podcast. I didn't realize Link NYC. Okay. Okay. Alphabet. Yeah. The sidewalk. And then down, you have intersection. No intersection. Okay. Then down. So this is the vertical vertical integration. Mm-hmm. Alphabet, parent company, down, intersection, down, sidewalk labs, Link NYC, and another company called uh, Questcom. I don't know what. I don't, oh, Civic Q. I don't know. Some some software company. Uh, and it's all Google. Um, um, I did not yeah, make yeah. this connection. And, well, it's all Alphabet. Yes. Wow. And so, oh yeah, go go to link.myc and read the privacy policy. Oh, like, God. I can't get into this too much because I have a lot of vested interest and like, yeah, and I don't want to be seen as like being anti this because of also the business that I'm in. But I'm also just like, I just like John as the CEO of his company aside, <laughs> this whole thing freaks me out and I hate it. So, but because as- it's, it's dude, those link NYC booths are wild and they're all so i'm like i think i said this in the podcast once i was 
Okay, so they're they're replacing all of the. Okay, so I'll go even further. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, and then you can. Do we have time? Yeah, we've yeah, got all the time in the world. So, okay, so <laughs> I'm in in the beginning of the year. Okay, so does any? Okay, so our company has. Uh, so in the beginning of the year, I'm in this thing called UrbanX, and okay. UrbanX has the VP of Engineering for link myc come and give a talk to the urban x people right uh ceos and he didn't know what our company did or that i was in the room or whatever and so i just sat and watched the whole talk and my head exploded because like i was just like whoa these guys are like so intensely smart about what they're doing right now like it just kind of all the dots clicked for me um so he showed this map and then i took a photo of the map which i'll then you can post in the show notes or whatever showing the density of these link nyc booths that they're putting in so um and the density is every phone booth in manhattan is being replaced with this so it's probably uh six seven and a half eight feet tall eight and a half feet tall that's pretty tall right and it's and it's thick and it's this huge booth and it's got a massive massive screen top to bottom really nice screen actually wow. i have to scan it to them it's so a beautiful wait, it's display that they put it in yeah. And each, so each side has this massive display. The displays are probably six and a half feet um, on either side. And then at the very, very top, it has a camera that re- can record the street in front of it on both sides. Um, and then some other sensors. I'm not entirely sure what they do. Um, and then on, so those are like, picture it being like um, an ice cream sandwich. So it's like thin and tall. And then on the ice cream sides of the ice cream sandwich, so like the chocolate biscuit sides of the screens, <laughs> yeah. on the ice cream edges. I love this analogy. Um, there's like, yeah, there's like a 911 call button. There's another screen that's actually just an Android tablet uh, running Android. Um, oh, wow. And that tablet has a bunch of apps on it, including um, Chrome, gives you full access to the internet. internet. Um some like New York uh, access to New York information things. So you can click on them and like get some information about the area that you're in and like some tourist information stuff. Um, there's a full keyboard. I think I don't really remember properly. Uh, there's a headphone port. There's a couple USB charging ports. There's another camera on that side that faces at you when you're using what? the terminal. Wow. Interface. So there's actually cameras all over um, this thing too. Right. And there's and there's, so then there's thousands of them in the city now, um, and then it has a quad band like gazillion gigahertz up down um, dual up down like crazy bandwidth uh, uh, stuff in it, right? And so so this is one booth, and there's and there's one of these booths on almost like every block or every other block now. You just see them everywhere now. Wow. Um, and it's all their own cost. And so right now, they, the well, I'll, I'll get there. So <laughs> all the Wi-Fi is free. So I said, so the first thing in this, and so he's explaining all this, sorry, back to like being in this in this talk and me seeing all these dots and then replacing the dots with these ice cream sandwich phone booth things. So I'm like, how the hell are they getting all the bandwidth for this? Because like, not only are they going to have to deal with, so I, so I actually put my hand up and I said, what happens to everyone's home internet connection when away, these are all sure. over the city? And he burst out laughing and he's like, yeah, they don't need them. They just can connect to these booths. And I'm like, so then my next thought in my head was, how are they getting all the bandwidth to basically provide Man- Manhattan plus Manhattan plus um, plus all the tourists that come to Manhattan, which is like Manhattan plus Manhattan again in the summer um, using all this bandwidth. Right. And so, right. I stuck my hand up and I said, who's the um, underlying t- tier? Like we call them tiers. So like the peering provider who's providing the uh, the underlying connectivity yeah, and all yeah. this stuff. And he said, Comcast. And I said, Comcast doesn't have enough bandwidth to provide all of that because I, I worked at DigitalOcean. I know how much bandwidth is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And he said, well, yeah, we're actually also some of it will be backed by Google Fiber. Oh, my God. So I'd imagine that over time, all of it will be Google Fiber. And then, because Google Fiber didn't, so then Google didn't need to do Google Fiber to every door in Manhattan. 
Google did Google Fiber to every block in Manhattan and then shot the fiber out using free Wi-Fi to all the houses. And wow. there were all the cable cutters. And that's the end of the so cable in Manhattan. That's how Google kills Comcast and home internet providers in New York is because it's so dense. They can just put those right. things on every corner. Yes. Holy hell. So then also you connect to these things and they like, I mean, you can imagine as soon as you're connected to someone's hotspot and you're and you're a very sophisticated company, you can garner a lot of insight from that connection. Um, for example, if I was connected and then I logged into my Gmail, um, yeah, I mean, be, that's perfect for tricking be, people. It wouldn't be unreasonable for Google to say, oh, look, this person that just logged into Gmail also happens to be logging in from a MAC address or an IP address that is one of our stations. So we actually happen to literally know where that person is. Like, yeah, they know everything about them doing, at that point. What's so, around them and what they're looking at. Yes. And they have big so plans. So then Gmail right? could serve you an advert. Yeah. So then the whole thing is based on advertising. So everything's free because then they could serve you an advert in your Gmail for the store that's literally in front of you. Wow. Okay. So last topic, which is, uh, oh, Facebook for teens. Did you see that? I did not see Facebook for teens. I love it. They're trying to record to uh, record to appeal to their you know, the original Facebook, you remember like how they started, right? So with the whole like rolling out at universities thing, well, apparently mm-hmm. they hired this dude who's 16 or 19 or very young to build an app. It's called Facebook. What's it called? Facebook live stage. And it's literally Facebook, but only videos. And it only allows university student in. And like your whole profile is just videos. It's not Snapchat. It's just this crazy thing google google has one of those too that no one ever talks about who's down really what it's called uh, who's down who's down i remember who's down that thing was kind of cool you man don't need to remember it. it still exists like i guess people use it maybe who's down is um yeah it's google's weird thing for colleges that i think college kids use it. yeah and you could just like put a picture in a video and be like i'm down Right, that was the whole concept. Who wants to Something go like that. hang out? Who wants to grab lunch? Here's what's going on. Here's some chat. Anyone down to grab tacos? It's like hyper local, so, like college stuff. But college kids use it. Apparently, I know people I, use it. But you need to be in a school huh. to get it. Right, same as the Facebook thing. Then I can't help but feel like Facebook is no longer Facebook. It's a it's a kind of a constellation of apps that you use a Facebook login re- with. Right, like it's well, not really. Yeah, yeah. Facebook Nobody wants to be to Facebook. Facebook wants to be WeChat. Like it wants to be WeChat. Yeah, yeah, right. Because that that's like an app that does everything, but you don't know it. And Facebook at the right. moment is still there, but it feels like that thing is really fading into the background now. That's the way I see it, right? If like you, I can interact with Facebook with the Groups app and like the Messenger without actually ever checking Facebook, which is amazing. I don't need who posts on Facebook. Only people put baby news and job news there. Yeah, yeah, but if they put all their restaurant reviews and like you could, I don't know, like Facebook really didn't focus. Yeah, they really didn't do a good ecosystem play. I felt like they 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 had one for a while and then they it got crazy and they shut it down. Yeah, and they yeah, it was around um, F eight, I think, or F seven. Yeah, I think it was F eight where they announced that whole thing. It was like the whole open graph ecosystem, and they it went all crazy, and they were doing all those things, and then they killed it all of a sudden. It's like mm-hmm. you, used to, you used to have to like log into Spotify with Facebook even. I think so. I don't know. Anyway, so they have a kid, uh, app for college kids. So if there's any people in college listening, tell us if it's any good because I have no idea. I'm too old. <laughs> I can't use it anymore. I think it would be considered creepy. Hey, just go to a university. Um, Boom, you're in. I read a good book this week. You have a book recommendation. Excellent. What is it? I read a good book. Um, ego is the enemy ego is the enemy i'll put it Mm -hmm. i'll put it in the show notes ah awesome i've heard about this book is it good excellent people like book club i think i think they do i think it's pretty good it's um it's interesting i had to i didn't like the first chapter but then and i didn't like his prologue um and i also didn't think i liked him very much just based on like his past and knowing who he is and stuff However, the book is quite good. 
noted well i'll put it in the show notes you guys should read it i'll read it uh and that's it if you're not so, a guy you should read it a couple of other things also also not guys yeah so a couple of other things we have a meetup in new york on september 18th you should come if you're in new york don't fly there for it but do come and hang out i mean you can fly there if you want but come and hang out with us it'll be fun i don't think john's gonna dj but we will be going to the place where he did dj um there's a facebook event that i put in the show notes blind barber boom advertised uh we have a slack channel where we're hanging out with a lot of people and we'd love if you joined also in the show notes even john's in there now i only gave him an invite last week <laughs> but that that place is pretty cool and sure. you should review this if you liked it or hated it well if you hated it maybe email us first uh but other, otherwise <laughs> review the podcast we do we do like well, you like- what we and we also um i want to say ha uh, shout out to was that bill that emailed us the guy from sacramento uh from florida oh yeah yeah the epic uh Who emailed Apple us guy. Last week? yeah it was from sacramento yeah, yeah amazingly awesome email made my yeah. week yeah wait let me just get who, who it was oh and podcast listener <laughs> yeah bill i got it right bill Thanks, Bill. Thanks for the email. Uh, and we did listen to your recommendation. Uh, and we will cover those topics as they become relevant, for sure. which are related to digital imaging and uh, personal health and personal health sensors and stuff like that um, and home security. So we'll definitely be covering all of those uh As it comes up, as always. All of those topics. But yeah, we love to hear from people. We do have a joint email address. Which is hello at charged podcast.com. <laughs> Sorry, what did we get that's good? Hello at charged podcast. Oh, we got some good tweets too. Oh, yeah. Um, I noticed that someone asked me to come back on Twitter and I'm afraid it's just not. Says the happen, guy who's not on Twitter. I appreciate being Somehow asked. he was checking that was nice. Twitter. That's interesting. <laughs> I, well, I, wanted to, I like to make sure that see what people are saying about what we're up to. Yeah. You're stalking. No, it's really cool. So thanks for sending that stuff in. If you want to talk to us IRL, you can in New York. And if you want to talk to us virtually, you can slack us. So come and hang. Until next week, John. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks, Owen. See you later, buddy.